focused on a series all about progressing college students that simply aren't receiving the tools to succeed at a very high level. This series is hosted by Alexander Strathy and Rashav Kanal, two seniors from Virginia Tech who combined have interviewed with the top Fortune 500 companies, including Google, Microsoft, LinkedIn, Amazon, and many more. They received job offers before locking in their final one. Learn about all the skills, the tips and tricks. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my pleasure to present to you Rashad Pinal and Alexander Strathy. So you did it. You made it past a gatekeeper. The person who's vetted you extensively to determine that you're capable enough to make it to the next round. But as college students, it seems like the resources we're given only gives us half the table. For this specific conversation, we will focus on the behavioral interview due to the modern hiring movement in HR, which is to hire for character and train the skills later. But before we start, we want to give a huge shout out to one of our biggest mentors and supporters, the incredible Donna Wardalick. Without her, this would not be possible. So you got an interview with your dream company, Rashad, LinkedIn, right? Right. But you knew that all it meant was it was time for battle. Walk us through the research. Yeah, certainly, Alex. As soon as I had gotten that email, I was beyond ecstatic. But I knew the work had just begun. So immediately, I'm going back on the platform. I'm connecting with people who are already working there. And I'm asking them, like, hey, what does your day-to-day look like? I have an interview, but I just want to hear your story. I just want to hear how you got to where you got to be. And from there, I'm utilizing other resources, such as Glassdoor, checking out the interview questions. What patterns could I derive from all of that? And it's all that preparation that kind of culminates into separating myself from candidates that aren't doing all the other hard work that's necessary. Just to touch on why research is so important, is there like a, do you remember a, a detail from your research that you actually tied into one of your interviews with LinkedIn based on like some knowledge you gained? Oh, certainly. They had released this white paper about defining a new definition of selling, which is social selling. And from there, I I had to go through extensive pages of LinkedIn's about section to find it. And once I had brought that in the interview and I could craft that message within my answers, I knew it was a golden ticket. So that's why research is so key. Uh, so let's talk about something that, that is uh, turning this more into a physical, you know, what does that research look like? Before either of us go into an interview, we usually have some place that we write down our research. For me, this is a PowerPoint. It's an easy way to keep it structured for a company, and you can include topics such as industry news, preferred qualities, uh, possible questions, recent news releases, contacts you know at that company, who the CEO is, the history of the company, products, product lines and services, competitors, the mission and the vision, core business areas, values, and questions you have for that company based on your research and put this all, make it one topic per page, and you've got yourself a PowerPoint that's going to aid in your success in this interview. Wow. I mean, that's probably why you're able to connect with so many interviewers and, and company on such a personal level. Like, did you ever find that you were the candidate that went in there and knew everything about this company and you felt really confident going in because of the research? Like you spoke about with your the white pages you are talking about. Yeah you're able to just draw in information that puts you ahead of the next next couple people because you already are connected with the company on a level that usually just new hires are. It, it just puts you in a different ballgame. So let's, you have the research, you've researched, you've researched. Let's talk about then applying that and being able to vocalize that in the rehearsal. Let's talk about that. Yeah, perfect. And I think the key word there is vocalizing it, right? You put it on paper and now I'm, I'm envisioning myself as an athlete. 
preparing before the big championship. Just the world's shortest athlete. But yes. An athlete nonetheless. Athlete nonetheless. Um, but I'm practicing in front of the mirror. I, I'm putting these words into action, and then I'm recording myself and going back and watching, like, how's my body posture? Am I having certain inflection in my voices? Am I chilling off where I don't need to? Certain little nuances that you want to take care of that, honestly, how many people do you think are doing this? And for me, this is kind of the message that I, that I want to articulate to myself is like, I'm preparing for a big battle that's coming up and I want to make sure that I'm, I'm always ready. You know, I'd, I'd say that another key part of this is interviews are all about knowing your stories. These stories are situations that you've put yourself in throughout your time in university, throughout your time in internships, and you've exemplified certain traits through these interactions. And you can, knowing your stories, answer pretty much any question. And through rehearsing, you're going to pick up extra details from your stories that you might not have had just saying it once or twice. But the more you, you go over this, not scripted, no, because you want it to still be coming from who you are. Right. But essentially, knowing your stories is how you're going to be able to tell them and talk to them about your traits. So that's, that's definitely key to rehearsing is just doing it over and over again until you know your stories. So you've got the interview ready, right? You've got your research done. You've vocalized it. Let's go into, you wake up on the day. Let's see what that routine looks like. Now, the day before, you should already have that routine set. You want to think about, like, how's this day going to go for me? I would advise a lot of people are, you know, it's kind of like cramming for a test. You're kind of, like, looking through the exact material you're thinking about your questions like what am i going to say that's only going to stress you out just like it does before a test what i would do is use that time actually to read up on industry relevant information uh like we talked about before some of that research too you're going to know where their shareholder letter is pull that down read over it again it's just the more you see that content the more you're going to be able to relate that to something the interviewer says later on i'd say yeah i mean have you i mean it seems like every time you have an interview the morning of your day just seems like really easy I know I personally sometimes struggled early on being stressed out, waiting until, you know, it, 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 the clock strike, strikes midnight and I'm like, oh God, like, so like, did you find like having this set routine exponentially like made your life a whole lot easier? Yeah, actually. So for my Microsoft interview, I had an entire, for the final round interview with Microsoft, I had an entire routine set up to go. Uh, night before I got a phone call saying, hey, another interviewee needs to interview earlier because I had a family emergency and need to go home. Do you mind switching uh, spots with them? So instead of interviewing at 10 a.m., I was now interviewing at 3 p.m. What was I going to do all day, right? I was, I was going to freak out, but I knew that I'd be fine. And a lot of the other people were freaking out because their interview was so late. That's all they were focusing on these questions. By the end of the day, they were exhausted from going over it. I was using that time to read over the shareholder letter. I literally went out, sat by the pool, uh, and read that shareholder letter. Just a very relaxing sort of Owning, owning the moment, really owning that moment uh, was key to it. So that's, that is a specific example where it's kind of, you know, I know where I'm going to fill these gaps if things go wrong. Uh, I'm going to absorb some content, kind of like you would, you know, before you go in in the morning of your job, you may, maybe pick up a newspaper and you read newspaper to see what's going on type thing. Right. Um, so definitely, definitely important. Uh, now let's talk about attire real quickly. Obviously, we had to outsource this because uh, it's very clear that neither of us are female, if you couldn't <laughs> tell by our voices. But let's uh, hope. Let's, let's hope. <laughs> um, but girls, nothing too short, nothing too revealing. We're uh, natural colors, low heels or flats, uh, and a blazer. Uh, for men, that's going to be a dark blue or charcoal, or maybe even a gray suit. Neutral color tie, a white shirt underneath, dress shoes, and guys, please, Sperry's do not count. No Sperry's. No Sperry's. No Sperry's. And try to keep away from those sports coats too. Uh, but yeah, that's that's the key. That's sort of, that's the key and uh, the view of how to dress. 
Yeah, and I think you've laid out just how to be comfortable. Like the the image of you laying by the pool and reading the shareholder letter. like The morning of an interview, right? Exactly. <laughs> like you're confident. Like it, it's just you want it to sound conversational. And the more you put yourself in that mindset and at ease, the interview is going to go that much better. Uh, and, I, and another thing I like to do is like, you know, we're browsing Facebook. We're going through Instagram. And before I go, like maybe 15, 20 minutes prior to that interview, I'm going on the company's page. I'm seeing like, right, hey, like, yeah, yeah, like. What does their company culture look like? Did they go at an outing? Did they go to a baseball game? Did they go to happy hour together? And I want to bring that into the interview and say, like, wow, like, I saw you guys recently attended the Oreos game. Like, huge baseball fan. Seems like you really, you guys really have fun as a company. You know, what other person on the, on the other side wouldn't want to talk about how much fun they have? No, you know their company, and you can talk about it endlessly. Right. Uh, let's talk about a couple more logistics before we move on. Uh, first, arrive in the at least in the area, the town uh, where you're interviewing 30 minutes ahead of time. Uh, and then that way you can make sure that you're going to be in the lobby by at least 15 minutes ahead of time, right? They say 15, but if something goes wrong, you lose that 15. Use that 30, and that way there's that 15, uh, extra 15 minutes to get you there so you are there 15 minutes ahead of time. I know there's a lot of time there, but you get, <laughs> you get the gist. Uh, and if it's an online interview, make sure that technology is, is working ahead of time. Uh, for one of my first round my, uh, Microsoft interviews, it was Skype. And to be honest, I didn't have a Skype, a Skype account. And so I had to set that up on my computer. Uh, I set it up on three different browsers in case one wasn't going to work. I had oh, two so others. Yeah. Uh, and then I also tested them. I called up my dad on Skype, uh, which he was happy to hear from me because usually it's just to ask for more money. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it was definitely practice that and have backup uh, technology, technologies that you're going to use in the case of failure there. Uh, and then you can be more comfortable too. But uh, on the day of, there's such another key part. Uh, and Rashab, I know you are literally the networking king. So why don't you talk about how to interact with other candidates? Yeah, appreciate the flattery, Alex. I'll take it wherever I can get it. Um, but I, you know, my my story kind of the biggest one I can really relate to is LinkedIn and the on-site interview. Walking in with you know eleven other candidates and just feeling like, man, like I really have to bring it. But I think what separated me almost was the fact that I didn't see these other candidates as competition, but rather as peers. So immediately I went in from the person at the front desk to the hiring manager to even the peers, you know, put my hand out there with a big smile, like, hey, how are you? Like, how's, how's your day going? And I knew if they went to different schools, I try to pick apart some things that I like. I mean, I, I'm a big college football fan. Like, if they go to a big college football school, ask them about that. Like, what is it? What are their lives like? Just try to build on those relationships because you never know where these peers are going to end up. These people are in the same mindset, the same professional ambition as you are. I mean, Alex, I know you had the same similar experience of having those connections last a lot longer than just that interaction during the interview. Can you tell us a little bit more? Absolutely. So I'm going to talk about some actual advice that Bradley's given us because he himself has interviewed over 200 people. And Bradley is, is a connection that I made at one of my Microsoft interviews. Fantastic guy from Clemson. And he's going to be working. He's accepted with Microsoft. And he's going to be working a block away from me in Reston where I'm going to be working for Appian. So it's it's those lasting connections where you know I'm going to have that professional network after I leave college because think about it when you're interviewing with these people these people are all studs they're also interviewing for the spots you are they're people you want to connect with Rashad I have literally seen you show up to, to lunches with people from your internships with uh, Under Armour all the time I know that you do this so well and I see it pay off for you you know you you want to find out about new technology you know one of them that is is well versed on it you call them up I've seen you utilize that network and it's all about building that network who knows maybe we'll do a uh, a podcast on networking later yeah, on. We'll, sounds like we need to, huh? We'll see how it goes. <laughs> um, let's move on to how you approach the questions because that's the key. That's how you get across who you are. 
Rashav. Uh, I think that it would be best if we ask each other the questions that you're going to hear in the interview, uh, and then let's pick at each other's uh, sort of the meat of the uh, conversation. Yeah, I love so, it. So, Rashav, tell me about yourself. Uh, certainly. Uh, I'm currently a senior majoring in business IT, and I'm someone who loves to take something conceptual and turn it into something practical. I thrive in an ambiguous environment and love to push myself outside of my comfort zone. Just recently, I became part of a professional organization where I have the opportunity to spearhead ideas with members to bring those broad concepts of professionalism, consulting, and many other facets of business by hosting events and discussion topics for not only our internal members, but to the whole 5,000-plus student body of Pamplin. Through exhibiting these strong aspects of organization, professionalism, and discipline, I'm a well-rounded individual that is a quick learner and provides value to the organization that I'm a part of. So what I see the meat being there is, is you talk about who you are, the traits, and then you back them up with stories. You back them up with ways that you've actually done that. And it's kind of like citing your sources in a research paper there. And it gets across to the interviewer, hey, this is who I am. And this is why I I am the way I am and the history that you can look back on to know that uh, I am who I say I am. Um, So love that. Love love that answer. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better myself. Now, moving on to the next question, we hear this, you know, very often and you're probably going to get it all the time. Alex, tell me, why are you interested in our company? Sure. So I'm interested in your company for a few reasons. First, I'm extremely passionate about technology, which is exemplified in the books I read, people I connect with and the focus of my studies at college. Second, your company is a technology company named Top Tech IPO of 2017. It also uses its own custom technologies to solve the problems of other key companies. Through your company and this position, I believe I will be able to have an impact that results from the intersection of my passion for technology and a love for working with people, which I have been able to get experience in while solving problems at Northrop Grumman. Wow. I mean, like, I think you just... From there, you know, the, the big concept that immediately jumped out at me was like your second your second sentence there where you talked about such a well-rounded characteristics where you read, you connect, and you focus all your time into being passionate about technology, and they are a technology company. Like the parallels you are drawing there, it's immediate. Like if I was an interviewer on the other side, I'm circling those words that you're saying, and I'm relaying my information to my manager like, this guy is already passionate about what we're doing. Why don't we hire him? That's fantastic. That's a fantastic point, Rochelle. Um, and on to another part of that is it, it's also a great time where you've done that research. You can definitely draw in information you know about the company, right? This right. Them asking you, like, you know, why us? You mm-hmm. know about them. So tell them about themselves and how you fit into that. That's why research is so key, is honestly, for this question. Yeah. Um, let's go on to the next one. How has your college experience prepared you for this role, Rochelle? Uh, So I believe my initiative in tackling projects such as working with engineers to develop a branding plan for the Virginia Tech Hyperloop team has given me the platform to work towards specific goals in a collaborative environment with my colleagues and friends. It has given me the opportunity to make tough decisions to chart the group's behaviors towards our overall objective, but also allow myself to become flexible and adaptable to the challenging needs of organizing many different priorities. I believe in documenting smart goals, and I see these strong qualities carrying over to this position to learn and bring as much value as I can. And I think that you, you really did show your value there. <laughs> uh, it's, you know, again, you talked about who you are as an individual, what you've accomplished through those traits, and then you backed it up with things that you've done. Just absolutely fantastic ways to answer uh, any of these questions right certainly and i think working bringing in engineers different business units when you're collaborative everyone wants to work with you be a team player yeah no absolutely 
So Alex, uh, next question there. They, I, I think this kind of you know goes on parallels also. What is your biggest strength as well? Um, tell us, Alex, what is your biggest accomplishment? Sure. So my biggest accomplishment is the progress I've been able to make throughout the years, coming from a farm town with little technological advances. Vocational skills are prioritized in Australia due to the large mining company presence there. When I moved to the United States and the D.C. region, I was astounded by the influence of technology and the skills that people already possessed in utilizing them, people my own age. I knew the tech world was something I wanted to thrive in, so overcoming low academic performance throughout my middle school years and early high school years, I have been able to transform into a driven individual who jumps onto opportunities to gain experience. This culminated in the form of my first job offer for a technology company a year before I even graduated. Wow. Um, I mean, who can say that? I like you just kind of put yourself out there for me. Like it's I, I was astounding, like hearing that was a narrative you just told in such a short, concise manner. And then you backed it up saying all of this hard work became where I was a senior in the rare category of already having a job offer even before except like going into my first day of classes. Like how many people can say that? And like you told me that, I think my job just dropped again. Like it's it's an awesome story to hear. And absolutely, it's a story. You just said it. You know, it's I knew my story and these stories say things about me. And it's all about you, you, the people who are listening to this podcast, yeah. knowing your stories. And then you can talk on them. You know, open yourself up, expose yourself. That's the biggest key to these questions. Don't act like a robot. Yeah. Uh, now, we've all, got, we've all gotten this question for sure. So, Rashav, what is your biggest weakness? So, I, know, I know you don't have many, but <laughs> what is your biggest weakness? No, no, no cer certainly do. But uh, as a young professional, uh, I'm eager to provide as much value as I can. However, sometimes I let that eagerness cloud my initial ability to fully understand the whole scope of the problem and forecast any issues that may arise in the coming weeks. To combat this, I've taken it upon myself to always be the group member who asks the most questions in a group project to understand the problem we're tackling and make sure that majority of the challenges we foresee have some sort of roadmap or acknowledgement. This has paid great dividends as the groups I've been a part of have experienced little bumps and hurdles during the grueling phases of having to get the work done. So what you did there is what's key, so key to answering this question. You took a weakness and you turned that into a strength. You talked about working on it. Don't just mention, you didn't just mention like, I suck at this, right? Right. You mentioned I suck at this. I've worked on it. I've had experiences where I've progressed. I can show that I have progressed through this certain experience. Uh, and now it's not a weakness anymore. Now it's a strength that I can bring to your company. Great, great answer to that question. Yep. Yeah, great. You broke down the formula very well there, Alex. Um, so now, you know, when you get just questions during interviews. Sometimes you get thrown a curveball. We've all we've all been there. I mean, for you, like, how do you answer those questions you don't know the answer to? So let me let me. I think the best way is to give exactly what one of these questions looks yeah. like. Uh, in one of my interviews, I was I was told it was for a project management uh, position, project manager position, and they asked, "You're on a phone call with two of the employees that you are working with on your managing their project, and they're going at it. You know, they they disagree on something." And it's starting to get heated. How do you work through that situation? Now, personally, I've never actually truly been in that, that project manager position to that extent. And so for me, I, I was like, wow, I, I was stopped in my tracks. I didn't know what to do. But this is how I answered it. I said, well, it depends. And, and this is how you answer it. You analyze the situation. I said, that depends. How much time do I have to work through this, this situation? Can we, can we table this phone call for tomorrow? Or does this need to be worked on now? 
and the interviewer was like, wow, okay, you're analyzing this question. Uh, you have plenty of time. And then I answered it from there. But this question is all about showing, they want to see how you think, right? They don't expect you to have all the answers. You're a college student. You haven't actually worked for a position. You don't need to fake something. Analyze, analyze the situation. You know, ask questions if you need to to get a better understanding because that's what you're going to have to do when you're actually working for these companies. You're going to have to ask questions to understand uh, and then show that you want to learn. You know, say that, you know what, to be honest, I don't know the answer to that. But if I was to come into this position, I would look at my mentors. I would look at the people who have been in my positions and I would learn from them. I'm a very quick learner. Everyone wants, everyone, every company wants someone who is going to come in and just show an undying passion to learn. And if you can show that through a question you don't know, then you flipped it on them and you've turned it into, again, a strength of yours. Right. I mean, you don't know everything coming out of school. And, you know, the best way to not, like, find the answer to something you don't know is to ask questions. Exactly. For a perfect way to nail that. So let's uh, let's end these this questioning off. Uh, again, we've talked about, you know, there's many other questions out there, but it's all about knowing your stories. Uh, but let's talk about how to end. Uh, we've all heard this, too. Anything else you want to tell us about yourself? Is there anything left uh, for you to tell us? And I'm going to shout out to Bradley here who gave us this information. And I'm going to draw right from him, pretty much. It's called the moment of courage. You have to cut out the political correctness for at least 30 seconds of the interview to truly show who you are. Say, before we go, there's something I want you to know about me. And this is when you let it go. You find something from your life that has really shaped you. Typically, it's a circumstance, and it's extremely personal. You pretty much say, when I was X years old, why happened to me? And ever since then, I wake up every single day with a fire inside of me that is stronger than the next five people you will meet. Because of why, I can guarantee you that I'm the person that will take your company to the next level. So this is, again, opening yourself up, making yourself very personable, and showing that you're driven. And this, I would tie this back to the biggest accomplishment question. It's just, it's another opportunity where at the end, to tell them exactly who you are and why they should hire you. I uh, would highly recommend this. Another thing to ask also is ask for those next steps, right? Um, you want to make sure that you're aware of, of how the process is going to go. But I think we've answered enough questions there for you yeah. to work with. Just know your stories. So you know your stories. You have the confidence to go into the day. You've got your routine down. You know you've rehearsed. But let's make sure you're not forgotten. Let's talk about the follow-up. Yeah, so... You know, hypothetically, you're setting yourself up for success here. Uh, even if you do get the job, always, always, always ask for that feedback. How can I improve? What What am I doing wrong right now that where you can see I can correct it and make myself a better candidate? And even if you are, you know, already accepting and signing that offer letter and you've got a couple months to go, go on LinkedIn, connect with the people that are working for the company, connect with your department, connect with your manager. Ask them, what should I be learning right now in school that is going to make myself a candidate that will go leaps and bounds to help the problems that you're currently facing? I mean, think about it. If you're already doing that for yourself, you're separating yourself as a candidate that is so worthy of bringing value as soon as they step foot into that door. Alex, you gave us great answers there on approaching that interview. But unfortunately, man, like you didn't get the job. Um, you know, we've right. all heard it. Yeah. You know, share what are you doing in this moment? Sure. So one specific company I was interviewing for was Baker Tilly, and I didn't get the job with them. Didn't get the job in their BIS department. But I reached out to a connection I had at that company. Again, we've talked about connecting before. You know, maybe we'll do a podcast on networking. <laughs> but you have that network built in. Reach out to someone at the company and say, look, I really still want to work for your company. If this is your dream company, you know, get after it. If you're really interested in this company, don't accept no as an answer. Unless they've said something like, come back in a year. Um, we want to see you progress a little bit and then come back. But uh, I use that no as a way to sort of just find out another way I could work with them. I asked him about this other division. He's like, yeah, I come interview for that. I ended up 
turning that no into a yes. So don't always take no's for what they are. Um, and if you get a yes, let's talk about what you do if you get that yes. I mean, just, just share your willingness to grind. You know, take the opportunity, congratulate them, show that enthusiasm, but let them know that, again, the work has just started. And how do you do that? How do you convey that message? To yeah, them? so I, as soon as I get the acceptance letter, I'm emailing the person who interviewed me. I'm emailing the person who's going to be in my department, asking them, thank you for the opportunity. What can I be doing right now to make myself a candidate that is going to help you in your need? There are defined methods to nailing an interview. So why the nervousness? These are only people sitting across the table. Take a deep breath and find assurance, knowing that you now have changed your mindset and attitude towards your preparation, which will set you up for success. If these tips worked, or if they didn't, please let us know. This is Rashab. And this is Alex. Until next time.